When you're in a haunted hotel, just know you're never really alone. Someone may be watching you right now who you can't even see. And as we search for the truth about what happened to Delilah Carrington, who fell from her balcony in 1934, someone, or something, didn't like what we were doing. But we decided we're not giving up because the ghosts of the past are very much, well, like hanging out in the lobby of our hotel. They had something to tell us. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Episode 5 of the Low Budget Ghost Squad. I'm Natalie, who's ghost hunting with her kids at America's Most Haunted Hotel, The Crescent, in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. I mean, what could go wrong? I'm Allison, who's loving this. And I'm Ethan, and I'm still in complete shock about what happened in this episode. Well, we are sharing this crazy ghost adventure with y'all, complete with our ghost app that's letting the spirits talk to us. Yes, you heard correctly. Ghosts are talking to us through the phone. And as we told you in the last episode, one is also talking to us face-to-face, Henry Quinlan. Now, he's been helping us, but we didn't know he was actually a ghost and that he'd just died. You should have seen our faces when we learned that. When we came back into the lobby where he was, he knew that we knew. You could tell by his face. His ghost face. I mean, I could have sworn I heard him talking to other people, but that might have just been my imagination. And y'all, I started thinking that ghost app did go off randomly around the time we first met him outside, and I turned it off when he took us into Delilah's room. Which was really poor planning on your part. Great job. Yeah, it was amateur hour at that point, I will admit. But when I turned it back on, it went wild. And Henry had just been there. Because we had discovered his dad, Jason, knew Delilah Carrington, you know, who's at the center of all this. Okay, it's still traumatizing to hear after everything that happened. And we will get to that. Don't, just just try not to jump ahead. Okay, so when Henry saw us, he asked, you know, don't you? Guys, do you realize that it looked like we were probably talking to no one every time we were speaking to him? Thankfully, it's a haunted hotel, so... Yeah, maybe we didn't have to worry about it. Well, now, as we tried to talk to him going forward, we had to keep that in mind. So I, so I stood next to him to make people think that they were talking to me. Okay, so I'm sorry, but I had to ask him, were you going to tell us? But he just looked down and said... It's also new to me, and I don't really know how to do anything yet. I love that we have a starter ghost as a friend. I mean, how many people can really say that? And I actually wanted to know, so I asked, can you talk to other ghosts? Yeah, because we could have solved everything right then if he could. He wasn't even sure if he could see ghosts because he actually hadn't yet. And about that picture hanging on the wall, 
he told us he had never noticed his dad, Jason Quinlan, in the background of it, because if he had, he would have destroyed it. You see, he says his dad and Delilah were having an affair. Remember the ghost map? It showed the word lover after we saw the picture. Plus things like fine diary too. Okay, that was really dramatic. Anyway, Henry says he didn't want us to know about the relationship because his dad had kept it a secret until right before he died. And that's when he found out. But his whole life, he had heard the story of how Delilah Carrington fell to her death from a third-story balcony in 1934. Henry had no idea his dad was so close to everything until right before his dad died and he spilled all the tea. And it was scalding. Plus, Jason told Lucy too. She was Delilah's great-niece who came to the Crescent to investigate in the 90s. But she died soon after in a fall from the same balcony as Delilah. And then, actually, Jason died about a week after talking to her and confessing his secret affair. Apparently, Jason told her that he loved Delilah and that she wanted to be with him. And wait for it, she was pregnant with his baby, and they were going to run away together. But as the classic love story goes, his family was not as well-to-do as hers, and that was never going to work with Carrington's. Plus, she was engaged to Charlie Whiteford. His grandfather helped found the hotel and much of the town of Eureka Springs. And after Delilah died, Jason just kept quiet. Yeah, he said he was actually scared of what the Whitefoot family might do to him, and he just wanted to protect her, you know, her memory. Delilah's roommate, Alice Faye, knew about the baby because she was yelling about it the night Delilah died. But come to find out, she assumed the father was Charlie Whiteford, which is interesting because she quickly got engaged to him after Delilah's death. And no wonder she later denied knowing anything about the baby. I just think the whole thing is sad. Lucy's grandfather, Jack, was Delilah's twin brother. Yes, I know. This sounds very soap opera-esque. But, you know, Jack spent so much of his time trying to get answers about what happened to his sister, it took over his life, pretty much. And all the while, Jason Quinlan, who still worked at the hotel, could have at least solved a few mysteries for him. But as Henry put it, Nobody even looked at Jason or knew about their relationship to ask. Now, at the time, you stayed in your place. He worked the kitchen, so everyone assumed he didn't even know her. It was only because of the picture that Allison found hanging in the hallway that forced Henry to say something because he thought it was all about to come out. And if you remember, he pretty much ran away from us when we showed him that picture I think he may have been gliding a little bit, you know, being a ghost and all. So I had to ask Henry, did your dad actually kill her? Number one, never seen an angry ghost before. That was crazy. Number two, that's not a question you just ask someone if their father was a murderer. But that was really cool how he got angry. I mean, he turned all sorts of colors and actually faded in and out. But it was funny because he calmed down right after saying, oh my God, that's the first time I've ever done that. 
But then the hotel manager came up yet again. And this worried me because the last time I talked to her, she was pretty much warning us against our little pseudo-investigation into Delilah's death. But she was all smiles this time. And yeah, she said, I hope I didn't come across as abrupt earlier. And y'all, I did not know what to say. So I just said, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Then she told Allison and me that solving an old mystery might have been kind of fun. Kind of like an episode of Scooby-Doo. Well, just so you know, we're not splitting up and look for clues. Duly noted for future ghost adventures. Anyway, after Henry told us about his dad's affair with Delilah, he vanished. Where to? We don't know. I mean, where does a ghost go? He used to just sit down in the lobby and tell people about the hotel. And you know, he could have still been there. Maybe we just couldn't see him. They had him stationed near this big desk that had six sides. It used to belong to Norman Baker, the guy who claimed he could cure cancer and didn't have a medical degree, and owned the hospital that was there in the late 30s. But of course, we all knew that he couldn't cure cancer. Yeah, of course he couldn't. But they still have his desk right there, front and center. Each side of it was dedicated to a specific business or thing he had going on. Yeah, you know, like not curing cancer or inventing things or whatever else struck his fancy. But now, the resident hotel cat likes to nap on it. And it actually scared me because I thought it was a stuffed animal laying there until it poked his head up. And we assumed it was a tribute to Morris the cat. And you guys remember, Morris liked to roam around the hotel like decades ago. Maybe, and actually, maybe he still does. So the lesson here is, if you're ever at the Crescent, remember, that's a real cat you're looking at. Anyway, about this time, there was a lot of commotion in the lobby because there had been a sighting of another ghost that's known to roam these halls, and his name is Brecky. Everybody, everybody, I'm going to tell them about Brecky. He was a little boy whose dad actually ran the, the women's college that was here in the first place. We were told... Two different stories about how he died. One was that Brecky actually had pneumonia, and the other was that he fell down the main staircase in the hotel. But kids have still seen him around the halls, and he likes to play. They've asked the staff here, like, where was that little boy in the funny clothes that we saw yesterday? This go-around, some kids saw him bouncing a ball in the hallway. And I had to walk by the spot where he had been seen to go back to the room to get my phone charger. So it's really curious about how we have to keep charging our phones in this story because it's known that ghosts can harness energy from phones, cameras, and other electronics to make themselves known. So maybe it is the ghost fault and it's not because y'all are on your phones all the time. So when I was going by to charge my phone, I'm not going back into that, there were these people in the hallway that had, you know, cat balls and trying to get Brecky to, you know, play with them. I feel like we've mentioned these cat balls in a previous episode. He was referring to cat toys. Oh. Cat toys that light up, just FYI. So I'm going to move on, and I'm going to say a little bit about those cat toys. We didn't bring any, even though these two here were so upset that we didn't have them. But again, we are low budget, hence the name Low Budget Ghost Squad. So these cat balls weren't working because Ralph Brecky didn't want to play with a group of adults. 
I had to go alone into our room. And then it happened, guys. I wasn't alone in there. Hey, Ethan, are you okay telling this? I think so. We had to unscrew the tops of our flashlights for fun after we were told that a spirit could send messages by messing with the wires in there if you unscrewed a little bit. One of them started flashing at me. And then all of them started doing it, and I started to recognize it was Morse code. And because my dad had taught me that a long time ago, I figured out what it was trying to tell me, and it was saying, get out. Dude, you were scary. We went looking for you because you were taking so long. And we found you sitting outside the room, right in front of the door. And you looked up at us and just said, Get out. It's like you were possessed. Okay, so now I was freaking out. I mean, not that I hadn't already been here, but it was real now. We went inside, and Ethan's telling us what happened, and then Hell's Bells, guess who appeared in the room with us? Henry. We all screamed. He said that he had sent something in here was going on, and, well, yeah. I was wondering whether he was sending messages, but he said he doesn't know all the ghost tricks, but he sure did walk through our door. I'd say that's a ghost trick. Y'all, the app was going wild, and he looked around, stopped near the window, and said, now I have to get in my creepy voice here, somebody doesn't like that you're doing this. Somebody wants you to be careful. But he said he couldn't make out who or what was saying that. Okay, so is this a ghost that doesn't like us? At this point, honestly, I don't know what's worse, like a real human being after us or some vengeful spirit that wants us gone. But Henry said whatever it was had vanished, but he looked concerned, you know, for a ghost. And when a ghost starts worrying about you, it's getting bad. Now, we slept with the lights on again that night, and I know I left them on. It was around 3 a.m. Something woke me up. Now, how I fell asleep, I don't know. But we were in the dark, and I felt for both kids next to me. I mean, yes, there were two beds in there, but nobody wanted to sleep by themselves. So I started whispering to them, Hey, guys, are you awake? So I told her that I, I never went to sleep. Now, I did fall asleep. It's not that hard for me. I love sleep. It's my soulmate. But I was wide awake at this point. I said to them, the lights, they're off. Yeah, we know. And I know I had seen them flicker, and eventually they had just turned off. And after that, I didn't move. Why didn't you wake me up when that happened? Because to wake you up, I would have to move. That thing would know I was awake. Just then, the lamps came back on. But no one moved for the rest of the night. Coming up on the Low Budget Ghost Squad, we made a shocking discovery. Actually, two discoveries that hold the key to everything. But somebody was watching us, and it wasn't a ghost this time. The Low Budget Ghost Squad is part of Spellbound Productions. Written, directed, produced, edited, and anything else that needed to be done 
was by yours truly. And thank you to Allison and Ethan who agreed to tell our story and went along with this crazy idea. And awesome graphic art design you may have seen by Lucinda Peterson. We'd love for you to subscribe to the Low Budget Ghost Squad so you can check out our next adventure. And if you want to see some of the things you heard about throughout this podcast, go to our Instagram and YouTube channel that are in the description. And that's where we'll have some fun pictures, videos, and some behind the scenes stuff. 